0: Good morning. Welcome to the Market in Minutes podcast. My name is Patrick Laffin, and today is Tuesday, April 5th, 2022. All right. So let's get started by taking a look back at performance from yesterday. The NASDAQ finished up 1.9%. The S&P 500 finished up 0.81%. The Dow Jones Industrial Average finished up 0.3%. And lastly, the Russell 2000 finished the day up 0.15%. In terms of sector performance, the best performing sectors yesterday were Communication Services and Consumer Discretionary. Communication Services finished up 2.28%, while Consumer Discretionary ended the day up 2.14%. The worst-performing sectors yesterday were utilities and healthcare. Utilities finished down 0.79%, followed by healthcare, which ended the day down 0.75%. The market finished higher yesterday, boosted by the mega-cap growth in technology names, as investors piled into the recently oversold areas of the market despite ongoing concerns over inflation, economic growth, in the situation in Ukraine. But before we get to the market activity from yesterday, the day started with an economic data release. So the U.S. Census Bureau reported that factory orders for manufactured goods declined 0.5% month-over-month month in February, following an upwardly revised 1.5% increase in January, while shipments of manufactured goods jumped 0.6% after increasing 1.4% in January. Now, the key takeaway from the data is that the decrease in February comes after a reasonably robust month of order growth in January, ultimately making it too early to judge if this is the start of a downward trend in factory orders or simply the result of the lingering impacts of the Omicron outbreak. In addition, this was the first decrease in new orders for U.S. manufactured goods after nine consecutive increases. So the economic data released yesterday, while important for understanding the full scope of what's going on with the economy, likely had little to no impact on market performance, as the story yesterday was all about growth and technology names. Now, technology was one of the hardest-hit sectors in the first quarter due to growth concerns regarding the Fed's rate-hiking plans, resulting in the sector closing out the first quarter down around 9%. But lately, many investors have started to feel that tech and a lot of the large and mega-cap growth names have become a bit oversold. And that notion came to a tipping point yesterday, where we saw technology and the mega caps carry the market and drive performance. So yesterday, Twitter gave the market an initial lift on news regarding their newest investor, which we'll cover in the headline segment. And it appeared that that news about Twitter, and maybe more importantly, the bullish reaction to that news, seemed to instill confidence for investors in dip-buying, risk-on activity in the large-cap growth and technology space. And those names crushed it yesterday. Tesla finished up over 5.5%. Meta and Netflix ended up over 4%. Amazon closed 3% higher, while Apple, Google, and Microsoft ended the day up around 2%. Sam Stovall, chief investment strategist at CFRA, commented on performance yesterday among the tech and growth names in an article on CNBC stating, quote, Because tech really took it on the chin in the first quarter, it ends up being sort of a relief rally for tech at this point, as well as for other growth-oriented sectors. The Nasdaq is obviously leading the way in the new quarter because there's not a lot of new news to put pressure on the Nasdaq, end quote. But it was an interesting day of performance yesterday because the rally was mostly limited to the mega-cap names. Technology, consumer discretionary, and communication services, which contain the majority of the mega-cap growth names, all finished about 2% higher. While the other sectors all closed in negative territory, outside of energy, which eked out a 0.1% gain as oil prices climbed back above $100 a barrel. And while technology, consumer discretionary, and communication services all benefited from the risk on momentum yesterday, the other areas of the market show the true depth of investor concern. Uncertainties over the resilience of the economy, geopolitical risks stemming from the situation in Ukraine. And high inflation have all been compounded and amplified by a closely watched portion of the Treasury market continuing to flash warning signs to investors. So, a key section of the yield curve remained inverted after the two and 10 year Treasury yields shifted for the first time since 2019 Thursday evening, which has historically signaled a recession in the next 12 to 24 months. Adding to the concern is the fact that the five year yield is currently trading above the 30 year Treasury yield. However, David Coston, a strategist at Goldman Sachs, had an interesting take on whether the recent activity in the treasury market is signaling a recession, stating in a note yesterday, quote, Investors have been particularly concerned about the prospect of a yield curve inversion as a sign for imminent recession. Our rate strategists recently raised their forecasts and now expect the two-year and 10-year yields to end 2022 at 29 and 2.7% respectively, which would be a 20 basis point inversion. However, the nominal curve tends to invert more easily in high inflation environments, which means that it would take a deeper nominal curve inversion than we've seen in recent cycles to produce a comparable recession signal. In fact, asset indicators imply only a 38% probability of a recession within the next 24 months, end quote. So an interesting take there. We'll obviously continue to monitor the treasury market to be sure to keep you updated, But while there are a lot of areas of concerns for investors, the beginning of April is a seasonally strong period and historically one of the best months for the market. In fact, according to data from MKM Partners, the S&P 500 has averaged a gain of 2.41% in April over the last 20 years, while posting an April gain in 16 of the last 17 years. So hopefully the historical trend will stay with us this year, but it will be interesting to see how the market reacts today. If growth and technology can continue to drive performance, or if the concerns we have discussed win out and drag performance lower. So time will have to tell, but regardless of what happens, as always, I'll be sure to keep you updated. Moving on to headlines, according to a Monday filing from the SEC, Tesla's CEO Elon Musk purchased a 9.2% stake in Twitter, making him the biggest shareholder with 73.5 million shares. As discussed, Twitter shares jumped more than 27% following Monday's news. Now, Musk's purchase comes roughly a week after the billionaire criticized Twitter for a lack of commitment to free speech. So all eyes on Elon for his next move. Now, in other news stories, J.P. Morgan CEO Jamie Dimon released his widely read annual shareholder letter yesterday. According to the letter, the war in Ukraine was the biggest of three risks he saw to the economic outlook. The others included the dramatic stimulus-fueled recovery from the COVID-19 pandemic, as well as the likely need for rapidly rising rates and the required reversal of QE from the Federal Reserve. And speaking of the war in Ukraine, yesterday, President Joe Biden called for evidence to be gathered to put Russian leader Vladimir Putin on trial for war crimes related to his nation's invasion of Ukraine. Now, these comments came as Russia faces increased global outrage over mass graves discovered throughout Ukraine. Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky left the capital of Kiev to see for himself what he called the genocide and war crimes in the town of Bukha, the site of some of the horrors. Dead people have been found in barrels, basements, strangled and tortured, Zelensky said. Russian Foreign Minister Sergey Lavrov, dismissed the scenes outside Kyiv as a staged, managed, anti-Russian provocation, while Kremlin spokesman Dmitry Peskov said that the images contained signs of video forgery and various fakes. And lastly, according to a new analysis published yesterday by the Nonpartisan Tax Foundation, the budget blueprint that President Joe Biden unveiled last week, which included several proposed tax hikes on the ultra-wealthy and corporations, would push the top US rates on both individual and corporate income to the highest level in the developed world. The study concluded that the top marginal tax rate on personal income at the federal level would raise to as high as 51.4% in 2026, or roughly 52.5% on the basis of taxable income. And that rate doesn't even factor in state income tax, which is paid by most Americans The average top marginal state local tax rate is about 6%, according to the foundation, which would mean that the combined top tax rate on personal income would equate to around 57.4%, which is higher than any rate currently levied in a developed nation. And we'll end today as we always do with a look back at some famous historic events of April 5th of the past. Starting today in 1614, when Powhatan Indian Pocahontas married Virginia planter and colonial official John Rolfe. Fast forward to 1792, when George Washington cast the first presidential veto. On April 5th, 1933, President Franklin Roosevelt signed the United States Executive Order 6102, which prohibited the hoarding of privately held gold coins in the United States. The government required holders of significant qualities of gold to sell their gold at a prevailing price of $20.67 per ounce. Shortly after the forced sale by the government, the price of gold from the Treasury for International Transactions was raised to $35 an ounce. Sneaky moves there. In 1951, Julius and Ethel Rosenberg were sentenced to death for giving away atomic secrets to the Russians. And lastly, on April 5th, 1994... Kurt Cobain, lead singer, guitarist, and songwriter for the band Nirvana, committed suicide with a self-inflicted shotgun wound to the head. So with that, I hope everyone has a great day. I am Patrick Lavin, and this is the Market in Minutes podcast. Please note the content of this podcast is for informational and educational purposes only. It is not a recommendation of any specific investment product, strategy, or decision. It is not intended to suggest taking or refraining from any course of action. It is not intended to address the needs, circumstances, or investment objectives of any specific investor.